It's my 1,000th episode of Locked on Sharks. I open up the mailbag to answer some of your questions, including what should the Sharks do with pick number two? Um, when will they be back in the playoffs? Plus, just a bunch of fun things. So all that and more on today's episode. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. Probably part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day. If you want to be an everyday, all you have to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts, or you can watch this on YouTube as well. And today, we, um, something we haven't done in a long time, that's open up the mailbag, answer some of your questions. That would be a fun way to celebrate 1,000 episodes. Um, so before we get into some of your questions, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets uh, with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So, yep, they're going to divide this up into three. Uh, so, kind of the first segment, we'll talk about kind of current Sharks questions and stuff like that. The second segment will be mostly kind of trade deadline and draft kind of questions. And then the third will be questions kind of just more fun questions and then kind of questions around a thousand episodes. So uh, let's get started with old friend at Berserker on Twitter asks, should these Sharks pursue a puck moving D-man in the offseason? Um, I honestly, I think that's going to be kind of Mukamo Dulin's job. Um, I could see them looking at it, but I think between Mukuma Dolan and then Kalen Addison, who's also an RFA, that's probably going to be your puck moving defenseman um, right now. As I, I don't see the Sharks locking themselves into long term uh, contracts, expensive contracts. And I think uh, puck moving defensemen, usually pretty expensive. So um, I think they're going to try to let Mukum Dillon win that job, especially the way he's played with the Barracuda this season. So um, I don't see them uh, doing that. Um, he also asked Nathan Todd in the NHL win. Soon, Nathan Todd should play at least. You know, Nathan Todd's never played an NHL game, which is kind of crazy, but I think he gets his NHL debut sometimes. It's a nice like kind of thank you uh, for all your services and stuff, and especially because he's still going to be back with San Jose next year, so I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him up uh, and let him play a couple games here. So um, Nathan Todd's been killing it uh, with a Barracuda. So um, at Finn Lowenberg asked, do the Barracuda fire McCarthy, and who should replace him? I don't think they fire McCarthy, to be honest. Um, I talked about with Shang a couple weeks ago. Where, where was it last week anyway? Time is all blending together. Um, this team, the Barracudas, yes. Would they like the Barracuda to win? Yes, they would. Of course, you want your minor league team. John McCarthy's job is to get the players ready to play in the NHL, right? That's That's his job. If he can win some games along the way, cool. But like... Um, the fact that they didn't bring in like a third goalie, right? Like a big save Dave, Aaron Dell, 
one of the those guys who, if you need to call him up to play NHL games, you can call him up to play NHL games. Um, if you need want him to hold down the fort in the AHL, uh, you know, like they brought in some guys, you know, Scott Sabrin and Nathan Todd and Cole Castles, who have been admirable and have been playing really, really well lately. But um, Don McCarthy's job is to, to is to develop and get the young guys ready to play in the NHL. Um, William Eklund developed really well last year, playing really well in the NHL this year. Shakir Mukhamadoulin developing really well, going to be playing in the NHL next year. Um, you know, Daniel Gushin has been developing really well. Borlo's had his ups and downs, but you're kind of seeing Borlo, I think, round back into form here. Um, so as long as he's doing what his job requirement is, and that is to try to get guys ready to play NHL games and not only play NHL games, but stick in the NHL, I don't see them doing that. And, you know, look at Roy Somers, who is here forever. Um, I, I think it's the Sharks organization. Yes, I know that was a different regime. I think they want that is kind of the same. Like they want, they want the Barracuda to be prepping guys to play in the NHL. If you win some games, cool. So, um, yeah. Um, Max, well, uh, Baranka on Instagram asks, do you think Zadina will be a, a shark next year? I do. Uh, he is a RFA. So if the sharks want him to be here, Philip Zadina will be here. Um, I think a more interesting, so he does have arbitration eligibility. I think a more interesting conversation is what will it cost to keep Philip Zadina here? And I could very much see a Fabian Zetterlin type of deal, you know, two years, maybe like 1.25, maybe $1.5 million a year, somewhere in that range. Um, two years. Hey, we th think you played pretty well. I know this team was pretty bad. Let's kind of let you kind of get your roots here, see what happens. And then when this deal comes up, um, we can kind of figure things out for you. I think you'll still be an RF. I'm not sure if you uh, still be an RFA after that, but um, I, I think something like that. So yeah, I don't think uh, Phillips Adina is going anywhere um, because I think he's played pretty well. He's played hard. Um, all that fun stuff. So I, I think he is definitely a stick around type of player. Unless, you know, we have seen Greer has been pretty, like if, if guys don't want to be here, he's more than welcome. Um, if Zadina comes out and says, I don't want to be here, can you just like cut me or whatever? That's his prerogative. Um, but I, I, I expect Zadina to be here, especially because of his contract won't be very expensive. So, um, uh, the Nick Jackson asked, realistically, when does this team make it back to the playoffs solely based off the kids are doing? And let's say they end up with Celebrini and Blackwood continues to play well. I think I know they're kind of picturing two years out the 25, 26 season because um, they're going to have plenty of cap space. You would expect that's echoing kind of year three. Will Smith will have played at least a year, maybe two years at that time. If you do get Celebrini, like, you could picture that. I think it's a more safe approach to say the 26, 27 uh, season is kind of what, if, if they don't make it by then, I think that's when you start to have questions on what's going on. So at 25, 26, I think is the season they're circling. I think the 26, 27 is a more realistic, like, okay, this is, this is kind of playoffs or bust. Cause it's hard to make the playoffs, right? And you look at teams like 
Buffalo, who have been rebuilding forever, and Detroit, who Detroit looks like they're they're finally going to crack through after seven seasons. I think Detroit's kind of like right on the border right now. Um, you know, it's it's hard. Like the it's easy to tear things down. It's hard to build things up. Um, so I, but I I think that if they make it in twenty the the twenty five twenty six, it's like the we're happy to be here, um, you know, type of moment. It's good experience for the kids. We're probably going to get crushed in the first round. Um, but I think the 26, 27 is like, this is, you, you need to see this, this core, what it's doing. So, and what it's becoming, um, which 26, 27 feels like fake years, but they're real years, not that far, far away. So, um, at jetpack 176 asks if you could pick one player, from your dolphins to play on the sharks and one sharks player to play on the fins. Who are you picking and why this one I actually thought about for a little bit, but um, if you don't know, I'm a huge Miami dolphins fan. That was my first love as a sports uh, friend, you know, teams was the Miami dolphins. Unfortunately, uh, thanks a lot, dad. If I'm picking one player to take from the sharks and put on the dolphins, I'm picking Tomas hurdle because the, sh- the dolphins need a like, third and seven tight end type of player. Like we need a first down who can go find some space. And I think hurdles that guy like hurdle hurdle has all the makings of like a Jason Witten type of tight end where he's just going to, he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, but he's just so crafty where he's just going to kind of find a, a soft spot in the zone and get and move the chains. And that's what the dolphins offense really needs is a move the chains type of, of, of receiver. So um, that's who I'm picking from the hurdle to to go play on the Dolphins as a tight end. Um, I think hurdle could block. I don't know why. I just think hurdle could block for some reason. So, um, and then the other way around, I'm picking, I, I know it's easy, like, oh, Tyree kill or, you know, like most or like all these guys are really fast. I'm picking Javon Holland, the defenseman uh, one. He's Canadian. So he's already got like the hockey's built into him. Like they, you, you put him on the ice. He's going to know what he's doing already. Um, and two, I think he would really add an interesting element on the back end. Um, one, he's like a ball hawk. So like he could be one of the guys who just like intercepts pucks. And then all of a sudden the transition is just flying out the other way. Um, I think he would be a huge hitter too along, along there. Um, I think he's super smart and cerebral. And I think Javon Holland playing on your blue line, kind of like a roving defenseman back there, just kind of causing chaos. Uh, is he, he's going to get burnt every once in a while, but I think he's going, he would be super fun on the blue line. So those are my two answers, Tomas Hurdle uh, and Javon Holland. So uh, we'll dig into some of the trade deadline and draft questions here. And then of course we'll uh, including what do the Sharks do at number two, if they don't get Celebrini asked by many people. So we'll get to that here in just one second. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. So join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of the show can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And uh, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers can get $150 on bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Guys, Seth Curry was on a massive heater going into the All-Star break. Uh, I think Seth Curry comes out. They know. They know. Now's go time. Uh, I think Steph Curry has a huge kind of push to the playoffs here. So just keep betting on Steph Curry doing Steph Curry things. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports partner of the NBA. All right, so let's continue with some of your questions. These ones um, are going to be more of the draft slash lottery kind of questions and a lot of people ask basically uh what do the sharks do if they don't get celebrating say if you get number two um or you know kind of what what do you do with the first the first round here so i actually talk about this with our good friend tony ferrari tomorrow um when we do our draft profile on zeev booyam who is super fun um so assuming chicago wins the draft lottery again um and the Sharks are at number two. And we'll just say right now Pittsburgh is at number – the Pittsburgh pick would be number 13. So we'll just kind of play with those parameters. So what I'm doing at number two is because I don't think any of the defensemen in this draft are, like, top five worthy. And I think there's so – there's such a, like, dearth and there's so, like, so many defensemen. I'm picking either – uh, I'm taking either Lindstrom, uh, Dimitrov, or uh, Cat and Barkley. Those are uh, those are. I'm picking whichever one of those three you feel gives you the best, and they all have their kind of plus and minuses. Um, if I had to pick today between those guys, I would probably lean Lindstrom because I think he fits into the Sharks. Um, what they're looking for more. I know Dimitrov. There's a huge potential, like you know. Hall of Famer bust type of feel with him. I think Lindstrom, if Will Smith's your one C and Lindstrom is your two C down the middle, and then you have B said uh, or whatever, like that feels and especially compared to remember, you have to kind of you're building with the ducks, right? You're kind of comparing what you're gonna have. Cause that's I think that is gonna be who you're having to kind of take down. That's kind of who your your big competition is gonna be in the next couple seasons, right? Is the ducks. They're going to be monsters down the middle. You got to build towards that. Um, so that that's who I would go there. And then at thirteen, I which with whatever defenseman falls, maybe you can package up thirteen with thirty four if you want to move back up into the top ten um, and go get like a Z Bouillon, who we talk about tomorrow. Go get a defenseman if you want to take a swing on on uh, your check. Like there's so many defensemen who have a lot of question marks that I don't I want to take something I think feels a little bit more sure at number two and I feel like the forwards a little bit more sure thing at two and yes I know the upside but those guys still have like 
one C upside or elite scoring upside. Um, well, I feel like the defenseman, it's still such a mismatch. Um, and then, like I said, if 13, you could take a defenseman. Um, if you want to take another defenseman with like, you have four picks probably in the top 50. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if number one is a forward and then you, they pick three defensemen or if they pick two defensemen, um, out of those four picks, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I feel, or they're, they're probably going to try to attack it. So, um, depending on what goes on, on there. So, um, Boom, boom, boom. So yeah, a couple of people asked that. What am I doing with the picks? Who do they take at number two? Um, at TS Graveline asks, could there be a push to add first round picks in next year, the 2025 draft with trades possibly bringing um, from that? Basically, like instead of asking for 2024 picks, do you try to maybe push things in the future? So something kind of keep in mind, at least like with the NFL, if a, if you ask a year out, it's almost like a, a you have to ask for a round, a, a lower round or higher round. Um, so like the equivalent of a this year's second round pick would be a 2025 first round pick, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, so if you if they're like, hey, I don't have a second round pick this year, they kind of the equivalent would be the 2025 first round pick. So a team like Toronto, which doesn't have a lot of mid round picks. That could be a team, especially if they want to take Ferraro. Maybe you take a bad contract back and you get, instead of getting that 2024 pick, you get that 2025 pick when it was supposed to be kind of a, maybe a more dynamic class. But then you never know kind of what happens, right? And I think that's the kind of the thing with the Pittsburgh goods. Like, we'll just wait till it's 2025. But if Pittsburgh's just good again next year, like that's very well in the realm. They could also bottom out and it could be a Tim Schutzel pick all over again. But there's the same, like, they could also just be really, really good again. So um, I could see that, especially if you know, like, we know the Sharks aren't going to, like, turn this thing around. They're, it's kind of turning around the Titanic. This is a long, slow process. So maybe trying to get a, a pick in the 2025 draft isn't the worst thing in the world. And, you know, quickly looking into next year's, um, like, you're going to have guys who could potentially you have Mackenzie Blackwood who will be a you know going into the last year of his deal um Mikhail Granlin if he doesn't get moved uh Nico Sturm uh Fabian Zetterlund I think Zetterlund's gonna be around for a while um and then you the, the two big ones are Couture and Hurdle but with their salary cap situations and now dealing with their injuries um and even in this offseason I guess you would have three years of Couture which is a little bit more manageable now but like Hurdle is going to be five years uh, with, with him, but I don't know if any of those guys are kind of first round guys. Maybe Mario Ferraro does have a couple years left. Um, if you're, that would be kind of the guy I think if you're trying to get a 2025 pick um, is, is doing something like that. So speaking about Hurdle and um, this off season. So uh, at hopeful underscore Howell asks, what do the Sharks do? do if hurdle wants out of san jose's offseason does this impact the trade deadline uh keeping guys like grandland bear banner ferraro no because i think it just kind of opens things up like if hurdle wants out um you know i think then couture is probably more likely to stay if that makes sense um especially if couture if he doesn't come back or if he does come back this season maybe he wants to try to kind of rebuild his brand a little bit and play a healthy season 
Um, I think, though, you then have to try to go find somebody in free agency um, who can maybe fill in, you know, a top, maybe like a second line center who can kind of play up above his weight while you wait for like Eklund or Will Smith if he comes over or celebrating or whoever to kind of get ready. I think you have to maybe go out and try to find somebody, a short-term option who can kind of play that and then maybe gracefully kind of slide down as some of your younger players uh, start to de- go. So um, I think it just, it kind of, it changes what you have to do in the off season more uh, with free agency, but I don't think it changes your plan because it's like with the trade deadline, I think you have to kind of go under the, the assumption that hurdle, unless hurdles already kind of told you. Um, but if hurdles, you know, if he's already told you, then you'd probably, they're probably working on trades, but you have to assume if hurdles on the contract, he's probably still going to be here. So that's, that's the, what you have to do right now. So uh, we'll dig into some more fun questions here. Uh, you know, kind of including which episodes I was most excited to record about. Which ones I was least excited to record about over my thousand episodes. Um, so we'll get to that here in just one second. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. There are 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay bonus, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need and at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. eBay Guarantee Fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, uh, let's get into some fun questions. So, uh, at GeoRock15 asks, what rank some names to put on my Cali Finn jersey? Uh, he already has two hurdles. He doesn't want to do Equin and Smith because they're too obvious. So, I'm a big believer in um, the players who actually have like worn the jersey. Like, you don't want to be rocking a jersey of a guy that he actually never wore. Like, I, I have a Seals jersey with blank. I was wanted to get Bordelow on it, but he's never actually worn that jersey so going under those personal rules for me um a couple names because you want guys like if you're like me right you want guys who you think are going to be here for a while there's nothing worse than like seeing a guy get traded or a guy not resign stuff like that um i would personally go i think zetterlin is a really safe choice um fan favorite seems like a really cool guy um, I think that he's just kind of scratching the 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 the, the kind of scratching the, the surface of what he's going to become for the Sharks. Um, seems like a really cool dude on and off the ice. Um, Zetalun would be, I think, a really nice one. Kind of also, you're not like one of the main, you know, like if you don't want to be the guys that kind of wearing main, you know, the stars. Uh, Zetalun's a, a great fan favorite type of player to to kind of go on. Uh, Henry Thrun. Also, I think is a solid choice as well. I think again, I've said it a million times. Henry Thrun's gonna be like a thousand game NHL player in the um, in the NHL. Um, once Mukumadulin comes up, 
if you want to rock the Mook Madolin, um, you could do that as well. So those are kind of three I would look at. I'm um, knowing that those you can wear those for the next several years, right? Because it is an investment. Um, so um, I think those are those are safe plays right there. So um, next we have uh, at JBL82 ask, uh, what's your favorite hockey related memory? Um, I think sitting on the couch crying after the Sharks won the Western Conference uh, and knowing that you're going to go play for the Stanley Cup. Um, sitting there and crying because it's just been such a long time. So that's probably my favorite one. Um, now a lot of my favorite ones are just taking my kids to the games and seeing just how jazzed up they get, like getting like a fist bump or like when if they're sitting close to the glass, like guys bumping the glass and stuff. And um, just their reactions right now is, is – some of my favorite memories, but um, like sharks related one though. Yeah. Sitting on my couch and crying after they, they won, um, won the Western conference. So uh, let's see. Send central uh, locked on sense guys asked, which of the thousand episodes were you most slash least excited to record and why um, most excited to record? Uh, let's see the William Eklund. First, the first William Eklund episode interview, um, just because it was such like a huge get uh, for us, you know, for Kyle and I, that was such a huge get. And I think um, that moment where you're like, okay, like maybe we're, we're starting to kind of figure things out here. Um, and then just like kind of the teaser trailer and everything we did for that uh, was, was yeah, that one was really fun to record. Um, Dan Rusinowski was... That one I was really excited to just because um, Dan Rizanowski is a, a legend. Um, so that one was really, really fun. Um, also, the, the good vibe Sharks, if you remember last year when the Sharks beat, or was a, yeah, Sharks beat Toronto and the like jersey got thrown on the ice. Was it last year or the year before? I don't know. Kyle and I did like a Friday night episode. Uh, we were just like all vibes, no analysis. We did like a live show and it was super fun. Uh, maybe it was live show. I can't remember, but it was just like really, really fun. So, those are some of my favorite ones to record. Um, I love doing the interviews. I think the interviews are, are just like a blast. I like kind of the, those shows, but, um, and then my least favorite, anything with the, the Vander Kane issues, like off the ice issues and stuff. I, it just is such a slog to record, go through that process and just kind of the, minutia of it and so, like i just did not enjoy doing those um the timo meyer trade too uh just that that episode you knew it was just going to be brutal especially with the original return um like that episode i was not looking forward to recording especially because i we talked so much about the devils and not a devils fan i grew up a flyers fan i hate the devils like the devils knocked the flyers out of the you know, the playoffs like so many times. Um, and then just for Timo Meyer to go to New Jersey and having to kind of deal with a lot of Devils fans, um, not a fun, fun kind of couple weeks there. So um yeah, the those those are not my favorite ones. But I mean, and just coming on here and recording all the time is just it's so much fun. So um Hopeful Hal asks, uh, how much do you miss Kyle Demetrius and his epic rants and how much does corporate miss him? Not sure how much corporate misses him, but um, no, I miss I miss talking to my friend every day. I think that's the big thing, especially during COVID. Uh, we were all kind of stuck at home. It was nice to like 
you knew every day, at least you get to talk to your friend about hockey and, and kind of do something fun with that. So I do miss talking to Kyle every day. All right. Uh, and then the last, um, at X Andrew 49 asks, uh, what are your plans for the next thousand shows? Just to survive, baby, <laughs> just to survive. Don't get fired is my plan. So, um, but yeah, it's been great. Started February, beginning of February, 2020. Um, Never thought I would do a thousand shows. Never thought it would get this far. Never thought like people would actually tune in and listen. And um, it's just as a thank you to anybody who's supported. Even if you listen to one episode, um, downloaded, whatever, came up and said hi to me. Uh, it's just, it's still surreal to this day that people are like, oh, I listen to you. I watch you. I, you know, follow you and, and stuff. And um, just a big thank you to all you guys who've kind of made this such a fun community. And I know it has been a, it's just wait till if, if I'm still doing this when the sharks are good. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so much fun to like, come on here and talk about like sharks wins and, you know, Will Smith did this and William Eklund did this. And oh my God, we're like just being that obnoxious fun fan because um, we're going, it's one day will be our turn. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most is uh, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel from the rebuild and being that young fun team and being a contending team again. So um, thank you guys um, so much. If you haven't yet, now would be a perfect time to leave a nice five-star review on Apple. Um, would be great. So um, you can find the show, of course, wherever you get podcasts, and you can watch on uh, YouTube as well. I think we're really close to 2,500 subscribers on YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed there, now's a good time to do that as well. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Tony Ferrari comes on the show where we uh, talk about Zeb Booyam, who uh, I really want to see in Teal. So make sure you guys are following along for that. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked On Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at My Fryhole. Until tomorrow. Bye, friends.